This episode of the Blue Hawaii Podcast contains explicit language. We say some things that if you got young people around or if you don't like things that are said that sometimes are harsh. Grow up. But you probably don't want to listen to this. Just, you know, listener discretion is advised. I didn't mean mean it. That was mean. I apologize. Don't grow up. Never grow up. It's all a trick. Enjoy the episode. I had to explain to somebody this week what... A bird in the hand is worth two in the bush, meant. Yeah. A grown woman. A grown woman. She's rest never rest heard that phrase. R.I.P. Barbara Bush. R.I.P. Aphorisms. <laughs> like, who's never heard that? They were like, this person was like, what does that mean? Yeah. Or they, I said it, and then they like kind of like, like, like I just, like I just like said some like wild southern phrase that like speaking has of, never been said outside the state of Alabama. <laughs> speaking of aphorisms and. uh this is where we need your expertise in particular. Do you have any Southern aphorisms that are appropriate for how insane the rain has been lately, especially on Kauai? Yes. Okay, let's hear them. Uh, so this one doesn't pertain to rain in terms of extended volume over time. Okay. But in terms of actual just volume, uh, you'd say, man, it's a real toad strangler out there. As in like those toads are being drowned by... The- by all the rain. <sighs> Yeah, it's a little morbid. Real toad strangle. All right, what else? Uh, the other ones, if it's raining real hard, you'd say it's raining like a cat pissing on a flat rock. Sounds kind of smelly. Sounds. I don't. I don't even understand that one. Yeah, I've like, never seen is it a just cat like, pee anywhere outside of a litter box. Yeah. Uh, is it like if it's a flat rock? Is it, but you know cats like to pee in like litter, sand. Is it because like it just goes everywhere? I get. I think it would be because like. I assume that I assume that cats are standing when they pee in this scenario. They kind of squat. I watch. I I try not to watch my cats when they use the bathroom. It's it's a little rude, but like you, you know, give them some privacy. Yeah, you know, you don't want to make eye contact with them. No, but they make eye contact with you. My cats are very intimidating. <laughs> they stare, stare me like, "What are you looking at?" They want to have the upper hand, bitch. Yeah, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm peeing on this sand yeah. that you have to clean later. Yeah, clean my sand. Get used to it human yeah i don't know i don't know why i, I guess it's because it splashes if you yeah. pee on a flat rock that make, okay that makes sense. yeah i'm really not sure yeah well the last you know quote rain uh the quote uh in the star advertiser from Kauai mayor bernard carvalho read simply this is the worst uh that is what several of our detractors have said about our podcast we agree with both let's do the drop i'm trying to tell the world i'm nothing to be trifled with Staying hotter than some rifles. Yeah. Welcome to the Blue Hawaii Podcast. I'm Ryan Little. I'm Josh Michaels. And today we are in episode number 14. And we're excited to talk with you. Uh, we're going to talk about a little bit of news, a little bit of politics. You know we're going to talk about politics. Uh, and then we have an interview with Mr. Nate Hicks, who is from Living Wage, Hawaii, uh, and is going to talk about the fight to raise the minimum wage here at home. And build an economy where workers are justly compensated and people working full-time can lift themselves out of poverty. Yeah. Hopefully. You know, aspirationally. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pull you themselves know, up by their own bootstraps. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, you got to give the guy boots first. before. <laughs> you know, that phrase was meant initially... As a tongue-in-cheek way of saying something that's absolutely impossible. And I get this like ode to the American spirit of, 
you know, you did this thing that seemingly was impossible and now you're prosperous. Right. But a lot of it, you know, like our national mythos around all that stuff is a lot of, it's basically a lot of BS. Well, and also we're asking people the, the standard should be do the impossible, uh, like immigrate here legally. Let's take your, let's take your boots. Like let's cut all your funding, all your salary, et cetera. And then like, you know, Pull yourself up by your own bootstraps, but oh, yeah. by the way, there's a leather shortage because the rich are yeah. using all the leather. Chris Rock uh, had a great bit about how dispiriting life on minimum wage can be. He said, uh, you know what it says when your boss only pays you minimum wage? It's a, uh, I would pay you less if I could, but it's against the law. Voice of a generation. All right. So what do you want to talk about today? Uh, well, did you see that transformer fire at UH? Yeah. Holy crap. Power got knocked out to the whole UH Manoa campus. One of the uh, ele- big electrical transformers in their, I guess, power facility caught fire. I saw it start. Yeah, you could see we could see the flames from the freeway as we were driving home. I like I just got my haircut at Golden Hawaii Barbershop. Shout out Golden Hawaii Barbershop on Wailai. Go see Mark. He's the man. Uh, and I was walking back to my car and I saw like a little bit of smoke billowing. I was like, I thought. I was actually really happy that it was my alma mater that was on fire because I thought for a minute that it was Cafe Taj Mahal and Sabrina's and I still haven't gone to Sabrina's yet. And I was like, no, you would rather you would rather the University of Hawaii catch fire than Sabrina's Italian restaurant. Yeah. Is that a direct quote? I just want to make sure I just want to make sure we're, like we're concrete. On- if you're trying to establish motive, then yeah. no. But <laughs> <laughs> like, but if you're just talking about like, I mean, I like food, man. <sighs> what am I going to do? Oh, so this uh, we did you happen to see? We just we finally got around to watching it. It's been on our DVR since Easter. Did you see uh, the NBC Live version of Jesus Christ Superstar? No, it's it slaps. Is it better than the Donny Osmond version that they did several years ago? Probably, almost certainly. The guy, uh, Brandon Victor Dixon. Who's that? He is the guy who remember in Hamilton. uh, I do remember all of Hamilton. The there was the one the one actor, uh, the guy not the original Aaron Burr, Aaron Burr, Leslie Odom Jr. Yeah, the replacement Aaron Burr, uh, who like had the friendly implorative call out to Mike Pence, like, "Hey man, like, I think you know." Looking back on it, I think we can say now that really worked. Yeah. Mission accomplished, right? Mission accomplished. <laughs> that's a that's a theme we keep. Everything up. got better. Anyway, uh, yeah, it's for people with Spectrum cable. It's on demand. Uh, highly recommend. Highly recommend. John Legend as Jesus. Okay. Pretty cool. Okay. Um, if there was one, my only knock on him is he is too like cool and smooth and like nothing really phases him and like unlike the actual like, Jesus. Yeah, like while you're you know, like. I mean, I guess it's. I guess if you're if you were actively proselytizing, and I wanted to recruit people to my religion, I would be like, John Legend is a pretty good place to start. He's good. I feel like the thing with John Legend is, yeah. he's so smooth. It seems like he's about to try to slide into Mary Magdalene's DMs. I mean, that like the, the have you, you've seen Jesus Christ Superstar, right? No. Oh well, they definitely imply that, like. Oh. Yeah. Well, it's heresy, so I can't watch it. <laughs> Andrew, I mean, you don't get your uh, Christian doctrine directly from Andrew Lloyd Webber. I, I get it from Andrew Lloyd Webber and Franklin Graham. And that's all I know. What is Franklin Graham writing his musical? <laughs> it's, it's called, it's called uh, Take Away the Gays' Rights and Send the Mexicans Home. Uh, a story by Jesus Christ. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Making, uh, making Judea great again. Oh, that's a good one. You know, 
I saw this thing where uh, somebody posted, I don't know where it was. It was the internet somewhere. Yeah. Uh, else it wouldn't have been posted. But they were like, they were showing the earliest known stained glass painting of Jesus and the disciples. Sure. And they were all very dark. And somebody like made a comment on this post, I guess it was a Tumblr or something. Yeah. And it was like, yo, these people look, they look like they're African, not Hebrew. And uh, the poster was like, no, it's because uh, at this point, the Romans had yeah. not... Before all the Europeans rolled up. And, yeah, yeah, the Romans had not intermingled with yeah. the Northern Europeans well, and then moved down into Israel. So it's like, actually, Jesus would have I mean, been a lot blacker. Yeah, despite what uh, despite what Franklin Graham might think when he, you know, when he closes his eyes, uh, Jesus looked a lot more like John Legend than like you or me. Yeah. And more like me than you. But still mostly like John Legend. I could see how he would look more like you. Yeah. Yeah. You're hairier than I am. Thank you, my child. <laughs> Let he who is without hair cast the first razor. I don't know. I have no idea. Oh, man. Um, see what else happened this week. Oh, did you see Ted Cruz embarrassing himself, falling all over himself oh, in Time Magazine? Oh, man. I... Okay, so. Ted Cruz is like, do you ever see that that squid that like, it was like a video of a squid fitting through like a two inch hole and it like, <laughs> it like sizes up this hole and it like, first it like tested, like pokes a tentacle through and then over a period of like two minutes, yeah. this big squid, like a big squid, like squeezes its entire body through this hole in like an effort to like, for self-preservation. And I feel like Ted Cruz is the squid and then America is the hole and he just like slimes his way into just just disgusting places yeah but the the squid probably was much more likable and much less smug is he is he even smug did you see the thing about where smarmy smarmy is a better word than smarmy is fine but did anyway you... so so ted cruz wrote the blurb you know time time magazine comes out every year with its hundred most influential people which, uh-huh. which is normally you know normally no matter who the president is the president sure. gets put in there somewhere so ted cruz wrote the blurb for donald trump and I'll just, I'll just, you know, the whole thing is very uh, sanctimonious, yeah. self-righteous, completely so false. One key line, uh, he writes, "quote While pundits obsessed over tweets, he worked with Congress to cut taxes for struggling families." And uh, I'd just like to make two points on that. One, that sentence is categorically false. That's true. Two, uh, Ted, you mean those tweets where he uh, mocked your wife's looks and threatened to quote spill the beans on her? Or the tweets where he accused your dad of killing JFK? Those tweets? Uh, Lion's head. I think Donald Trump had you pegged. You suck. Did you see the thing where uh, it was the hearing, the Facebook hearing? It was like every senator that was there was just like either at the during the recesses were either mobbed by reporters or like just milling about talking to each other. There was one senator standing away by himself because nobody in Congress or the media, the media can yeah. stand him. Nobody likes Ted Cruz. And there's a reason for that. Yep. P.S. Go Beto. Beto O'Rourke. Beto? Beto. O'Rourke. Roberto. You want to talk about diversity? What about Mexican Irish? That's a good, it's uh, very, I imagine that mix leads to a very like passionate representation in Congress. I thought you were going to say drinker. We can say we're Irish. So 
uh, moving along, there's yeah. also a crazy story out of Molokai. Yeah. Uh, surprise, yeah. a big landowner is screwing a local family to make more profit for his shareholders. No, that's never happened in I, Hawaii, in all of Hawaiian history. I, I can't remember a single time. This a, is the first time. A single time a Haole landowner like, screwed over Native Hawaiian people. No, surely not. Well... According to Dylan Anchetta, reporting for Hawaii News Now. What did Dylan say? When state sheriffs went to evict the family-owned Kalau Papa Ranch Adventures Saturday, basically a, a company that does mule and donkey tours throughout Molokai, uh, there were tense moments stemming from an ongoing battle over land ownership. KRA has operated on land owned by R.W. Meyer for 40 years. According to Mr. Meyer, this is about good business practices in fulfilling our responsibility to our shareholders and the 900 living descendants of R.W. Meyer. Our responsibility to our shareholders. And this is in, according to him, in no way a money grab and wanting in a way to potentially get money to redevelop the area as a museum, cultural site, or... Uh, something bigger. Even though they they voted to increase KRA's rent from eighteen hundred to three thousand dollars a month that's and a demanded twenty percent cut of their business profits. That's a whole lot. That's extortion. That's a lot, man. Uh, I got I know mob people that give you a better deal than yeah. that. This is why uh, the estate tax should be a hundred percent. Everything goes back to the land. Everything. Yeah. Well, my they left us no choice but to evict them from our property. Yeah. No choice at all, I'm sure. I, I know he probably agonized over that decision. Yeah. Oh, okay. Last thing before we move on to our interview. I found an article even worse, Ryan, than the one you saw last week in The Federalist. Uh, Which one? The United States should get a divorce one? Yeah, even uh, okay. worse than that. Okay. okay. A gentleman named Harry Binswanger wrote a piece in Forbes magazine. You know, that, that bastion of left-wing proletarian mm-hmm. thought mm-hmm. Forbes mm-hmm. magazine, I'm sure, right? So... Listeners, nobody should actually suffer like I did and read this piece. So, so don't click it. Yeah, do not click it. I'm don't gonna, search for it. I'm going to share with you the title, his bio, and one of the proposals he makes. Uh, and then you can figure out where he lives and burn his house down. No, 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 no. Don't don't actually do that. We're not endorsing. We're not endorsing you to burn his house down as part of the upcoming uh, proletariat revolution. Yes. The title of this article, Give Back? Yes. It's time for the 99%. To give back to the 1%. I'm already ready to slap this guy in the face. Basically, so his thesis is that obscenely rich people are actually good. Mm. And the only thing keeping society afloat and worth living in are the rich. Mm. One of his proposals is that anyone... Is it actual chattel slavery again? <laughs> only because that's a little... <laughs> like t- how you had to check your notes. He, You're like, let me... I had did a he feeling, propose? My feeling is... That he's moving toward that. Right. Like, this is one of those, you know, like, you don't you don't swing for the fences right away. No. Like, you convince people that, like... You got to oh, get a single yeah, before you get the double. Exactly. Yeah. So, basically, uh, the proposal is that anyone who makes over a million dollars a year should be totally exempt from all taxes. That's an interesting proposal. Yeah. That's basically already what happens. Yeah. Like, he basically... Like, he wants to say, like, let's just cut the BS. Let's call a spade a spade. Rich people are better than poor people. And blah, they blah, 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 should blah. be treated better. So, here's his biography. All right. Contributor. I defend laissez-faire capitalism using Ayn Rand's objectivism. I like how objectivism and Ayn Rand are in the same title. I am a philosopher who was an asso- a philosopher, my ass. I am associate. a philosopher. He's a philosopher uh, the way the same way I'm a chef. The philosophy of like, how do we starve the poor people and make them even more miserable? Uh, for those listening at home, the only thing I can make is spaghetti in my Instant Pot. So uh, I am not a chef. Uh, a philosopher who was an associate of the late Ayn Rand... 
And since 1986, I have been a member of the board of directors of the Ayn Rand Institute. Let's have a moment of silence again for a fallen Ayn Rand acolyte, Speaker Paul Ryan. That guy sucks. Fuck, uh, fuck them all. Uh, uh, wait, wait, wait. What do you want to bet yeah. that a Koch brother is in some way funding the Ayn Rand Institute? million percent. A million percent. A million yeah. percent. Well, you know what, uh, Mr. Binswanger, 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 Binzy Bins? Ayn Rand died in poverty, dependent on Social Security and Medicaid, and my new and only golden life is to dance on her grave. Do you know where Ayn Rand was buried? I do not. Do you happen? Can we Google that? We can probably Google it. All she right. probably won't care if you dance on her grave. That's She's dead. Yeah. And she's either in a good place or a very bad place or no place at all. Ayn Rand sucks. <laughs> and now for a segment we call... Bicky Leaks. This week's Bicky Leak is... We don't have any. We don't have any Bicky Leaks. We got leaks. nothing this week. But... We've been too busy to go hit up our sources. Yeah. We both have full-time jobs still. But we do have... Yeah. Un- until... Sponsors. 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 If you want to hear more... If you want to hear more great content... Homebrew in Paradise. Free us up. We're talking to you. Yeah. So I think we're ready to make a career change. I think so. Full, take this take this thing full-time. I've already put in my two weeks notice. Perfect. That's not true. <laughs> so we do have Bicky-related news, though. Oh, yeah. So remember Michael's question last week. What do you do if you roll up with your Bicky bike and the rack is full and you can't drop it off? Well, does life imitate art or does art imitate life? Layla Fujimori had the answer in the Star Advertiser this week. The headline, Bicky users beware. Failure to properly dock rented bike can result in $1,200 assessment. You hear that, Michael? $1,200 and your guns won't save you. 1200 smackaroonies. Ryan, read the article, please. A 35-year-old Waikiki woman who was a regular Bicky monthly pass holder and frequent user said Bicky charged her $1,200 on her debit card in November, wiping out her bank account. She was charged after the bike had been missing for 24 hours. Within a few days, the bike was returned and the woman's money was restored to her account. While Bicky has attempted to charge 107 customers for the full value of the bicycle, fewer than 10 have actually paid the fee, the company said. So you better lock your shit up. Lock it up. Lock it up. Bike sharing. Lock, lock it up. up. Bike sharing. You at home. Lock, lock it up. Lock it up. All right. That's all I got. Bike sharing is bike caring. Mm. So please like leave some open gaps. So the next person after you doesn't get a $1,200 charge. Yeah. Also, I'm sorry for bike swearing. Bike swearing? Well, I, I said lock your shit up. I think, I think, I think they'll live. Blue Hawaii. Blue Hawaii. Blue Hawaii. Welcome back to the Blue Hawaii podcast, ladies and gentlemen. We are here, hydrated, bladders evacuated, knives are serrated, definitely not constipated. We're talking to our dear friend, Mr. Nate Hicks. Wow, wow, wow. Nate Hicks is a mortgage loans officer here in Honolulu, and he is the executive director of Living Wage Hawaii, which, as you can guess, advocates for a living wage in Hawaii. He is also the Economic Justice Action Committee Chair and Board Member at Young Progressives Demanding Action. Shout out YPDA. And, much to our everlasting chagrin, his team squeaked out a one-point win over our scrappy underdog team, listen to the Blue Hawaii Podcast, at the last Civil Beat Trivia Night. What an awesome name. Shout out Chad Blair. Shout out Chad Blair. Uncle Chad, look forward to talking to you soon. Anyway, Nate, thanks so much for being here, man. Thanks for having me. I'm happy happy to come. How are you doing today? 
I'm doing great. It's a uh, wonderful day in Honolulu, so hard to hard to not enjoy yourself. After nine and a half weeks of continuous rain, it feels pretty good to get a yeah. sunny day. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm enjoying it. Yeah. So uh, tell us a little bit, Nate, how did you get involved with Living Wage Hawaii? Like what caused you to want to advocate for that cause and a little bit about, you know, what this issue means to you, maybe on a personal level? Yeah, that's a great question. So um, the minimum wage here in Hawaii um, is the lowest real minimum wage in the nation. So when you adjust for cost of living, uh, minimum wage workers here can afford less of their basic needs than anywhere in the nation. Uh, the cost of living here for one adult is about $32,000. Uh, and minimum wage workers are only able to make $21,000. So they're falling far short, far, far short. This is of, assuming a 40-hour work week? or 40-hour work okay. week, 52 weeks a year. Yeah. So no weeks off. No weeks off. And not in like the cool... Like Drake way, no days off. Wasn't that Drake that did that? No days off? I have off? no idea. No? I don't think, of, like, I don't typically look to Drake for my economic literacy analysis. <laughs> I don't know. I just, I thought no week, no days off was a Drake Oh, that's thing. definitely a thing. But It sounds Maybe. like something he would he But it also sounds for. like a Nike slogan. Right. Yeah. Anyway, okay. You know what? We're getting, we're getting too far off track. Nate, Nate. <laughs> thank you. Thank you for being here. Uh, thank you for telling us that information. Tell me, why is it important to you? Why is this cause, why does it ring true in your heart? Well, I think it's an egregious situation we have ourselves in where uh, nearly half of families in Hawaii are unable to just meet their basic needs. They're making less than just food, shelter, clothing, transportation, healthcare, things like that. Um, and we are an abundantly wealthy nation. Our state has plenty of money. Um, and it's just not being distributed in a way that's fair or equitable. Um, and we're allowing people to be exploited left and right. Uh, more than four in 10 jobs in Hawaii pay below a living wage. Yeah. And so this is extremely, extremely uh, I think important. 17 of the, was it 17 of the top 20 jobs? Yeah, pay less than $38,000 a year. Yeah. Exactly. And so, um, and the issue is this, it stems 100% from our exploitative minimum wage. If we had a minimum wage that was a living wage, that would mean obviously all jobs would have to pay at least that much. And it would honestly help the entire state out. Um, honestly, Hawaii is not only our minimum wage is the lowest real minimum wage in the nation, but average wages mm -hmm. in Hawaii For are everyone. also the lowest in the nation. So um, they're correlated. If you take an entry level position, and say that they're going to make at least a living wage, everybody else's wages go up from that. So people with experience, people with skills, people with degrees, um, they can demand a higher wage, and we can at least start to, to feel comfortable here, um, which isn't even close to the case. Have you Has this issue touched you personally? Like, have you personally worked for minimum wage? Have you, like, how does your story intertwine with, with this cause? Yeah. So, I mean, from my perspective, I'm fortunate enough to have been making wages above a living wage. It's this minimum wage isn't directly um, impacting my personal wage right now. But like I said, this is an, this has an effect for everybody. So doctors, lawyers, everybody's wages are suppressed because of the low minimum wage. And so at the end of the day, you know, maybe it's going to benefit me. Maybe it's not. But if it benefits lawyers, we'll take it. <laughs> are you... Are you from Hawaii originally? No, I'm from Minnesota. Um, okay. I've been here about five years, um, but this is to me home. So, yeah. uh, I know that feeling. Yeah. yeah. After visiting here, um, I realized when I went back home that I was like visiting where I'm from. And I was like, my real home is in Hawaii. I doesn't it feel weird when, when you go to where you were like from and it doesn't feel like home anymore? Like, 
that's to me that's how i feel every time i'm on the mainland now like anywhere it doesn't matter even in my hometown i'm like no honolulu's home like even when i like went back to the mainland for a short stint like honolulu was still home yeah i mean and it's, it's 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 a great feeling to be honest to know that i'm like very confident and comfortable that this is where i'm supposed to be i think it's like very reassuring so um you know i don't have any like second doubts like am i doing this am i in the right place like no i know this is it so, so you're, you're trying to, you're out here trying to take care of your people uh, I'm trying to, yeah, I mean, the world's unfortunately extremely unjust and it's important for all of us that understand it and know it and have the opportunity to, to stand up and do something about it, right? Um, yeah. We need allies across the board in any, any issue. Um, and so if if the people who see things that aren't right and just sit back and say, well, it doesn't affect me, you know, that's not a big deal. But I, I, I mean, I personally think it's really important. Now, so, so standing up, what would a living wage look like in Hawaii? How do we make that happen? Yeah, so um, raising the minimum wage up to uh, a mark of self-sufficiency. Uh, the Hawaii Department of Business, Economic Development, and Tourism comes out with a uh, study every two years, um, you know, analyzing what actually it would cost for someone to survive. Um, and their recent study just said in 2016 that here um, on Oahu it would be about $16 an hour. Um, and so it's not an unreasonable mark, right? Um, the the Democratic Party nationwide is advocating for a $15 minimum wage, and that's for the entire nation. So, uh, you know, places yeah, that probably are, more like 20 would be my thought here. Like a $20 minimum wage would really like you'd be really self-sufficient then. Two people, household making 80 grand a year. Like, yeah, that's that's like decent money. 15, $15 an hour in Alabama or Minnesota would go a lot further than $15 an hour yeah. in Honolulu, Hawaii. Well, and it's that's interesting. Just, that's just talking about the sort of wage, I guess, inflation uh, that you experience in Hawaii. I always tell my my friends and family back on the mainland, like, they're like, ah, oh, I bet you make so much money living there. It's so expensive. I'm like, no, like you make as much or less than you would make living in Alabama, but the cost is like you're living in Manhattan. Like it's, it's really hard to understand how much money you spend. I mean, like my rent here is a thousand dollars more than my mortgage was in Atlanta. <laughs> like, that's a, that's a ton of money, man. Yeah. And the thing is, is, you know, Honolulu is not uh, the only place in the world that has housing prices like no. this. Mm -hmm. Washington DC, San Francisco are similar in cost, mm -hmm. but the people there make a lot more money. Yeah. And so the idea that, um, you know, we need to be just accepting of the fact that we make so little money. That's just the way it is. Well, it, it kind of feels yeah. like, I mean, maybe it's a broader structural issue but it kind of feels a little bit more of that like held over colonialist mentality like you're going to take what we give you well that's why 17 of our 20 jobs pay under 38,000 a year or our 20 most important jobs because we're still living 20 most popular jobs 20 most right? popular jobs yeah. we're still living in the effects of an economy built on services tourism the plantation ethos it's, it's exploitation of the Capital, land right i mean yeah, we're going to start off with with like yeah like plantations and yep. then we'll move to hotels and then we'll move to like whatever the next thing is going to be solar and then we'll move like whatever it's going to be like we haven't moved into a truly diversified economy here and and honestly, I I don't find that to be one of the major issues. I think it's very important that we continue to you know uh, have plenty of tourist jobs, plenty Agreed. of restaurant jobs, plenty yeah. of service jobs. The issue is they should actually be paid enough to survive, right? Yeah. Like, it, like uh, the issue is honestly tourism jobs here. Almost every job here compared to what people are paid on the mainland is actually less. Oh, yeah. So service jobs here paid less than the mainland. Uh, 
tourist jobs paid less than the mainland. So I, I honestly don't think that it's an issue that we have so many um, traditionally, you know, low wage jobs. Yeah. We ju- it's just up to the state. It's up to the people to make sure, hey, no, if you're going to come and you're going to stay in a, you know, $400 a night hotel, um, the person, you know, cleaning your room needs to be paid at least enough to survive. Yeah. Like the, that's just a pretty the, big thing. If that thing. person, you know, working full time should not be living in poverty in 2018 in the richest country on earth in a very prosperous state. Exactly. Exactly. Now, now I... Not that I agree with this argument, but let's go ahead and preempt the argument. You raise the minimum wage, uh, small businesses get slammed. You know, people can't afford. Basically, you know, set aside the fact that like, if you can't afford to pay your workers' living wage, maybe you shouldn't be running a business. Or that's, that's been my position. Yeah. Or you know, maybe uh, to like big people, big f- companies and industries. You know, like Walmart, fast food, etc. Maybe. Uh, if your employees need to be on food stamps, maybe you should be paying your employees a little bit more so that we're not subsidizing your salary costs. Feels like that should be illegal, yeah. yeah. What like what do you what's your counter argument to basically the people saying, you know, you raise the minimum wage, the sky will fall. It's going to kill jobs. Yeah. Yeah, well, so fortunately, uh, we're in an extremely uh, great point in time to discuss this because uh, Hawaii did actually raise their minimum wage from 7.25 to 10.10 and the 10.10 just came into effect January 1st, 2018. The unemployment impact has been, we actually are at historical low unemployments today, right? Um, no time in the history of America has unemployment been lower than it is today in Honolulu. Thanks, Donald Trump. So, uh, Maga, baby. And so, so the rhetoric that's saying the sky is going to fall yeah. and unemployment is going to skyrocket because of an increase in minimum wage isn't found out in any evidence, right? And so, um, and then when you're discussing the small business issue, it, Small business unemployment in, or small business employment in Hawaii over that time has also increased. Uh, when you put more people, more money in people's hands, they're going to spend it more, especially at the low end. They can invest, they can spend their money at small business shops, um, and so demand for uh, small business goods and services is going to increase and actually help the entire economy out. It's yeah. really a benefit to to everybody. It's it's, a, it's an interesting point because I I think of uh, one of the original wage raisers and benchmark makers was Henry Ford. And if you, you know, among his many flaws, if you ask, uh, if you were to ask him at that time, why did you raise your wages to, you know, $5 a day? He would say, because my, the people that are building the cars can't afford to buy them. And he felt like whether he felt that from an altruistic standpoint or because he wanted to sell more cars, you think like, okay, small business owner, you are getting money out of your pocket that you're having to pay your employees. But now if everybody's got more money in their pockets, yeah. you've got more people coming into your restaurant. You've got more people buying your goods. You've got more people you know, who are getting like rest, uh, plumbing repairs or something like that done. But if we cut taxes for the rich, won't that solve the problem the same way? No. Oh. Let's talk a little bit about the work that Living Wage Hawaii is doing. Uh, you and your group helped organize the Walk for Wages last Saturday at Kapilani Park. Can you tell us a little bit about how that went? Yeah, it was great. Um, so um, we had people show up um, and we, uh, you know, we're drawing attention to this issue. Uh, yeah, so uh, Kanye Ling was able to show up, um, who's been a big advocate for cool. uh, moving the minimum wage up and gave a little speech. We also informed all the uh, people that showed up, um, you know, how they can actually make this a reality. Um, unfortunately, um, our representatives, our legislature has not, you know, represented the people in the way that they need. And uh, convincing legislators to side with you isn't the most effective way to go about it. And since we do live in a democracy, fortunately, we can just vote for people that do want to do this. And so we have been collecting uh, 
we have been collecting names of people that do support moving the minimum wage up to a living wage mm -hmm. um, and putting it on our website. Uh, you can go to livingwagehawaii.com uh, and find the supporters page on there. Awesome. And so we were informing all the attendants, the people that attended the Walk for Wages, of this list so that they can go and be informed come voting day, August 11th, on exactly who to support. Um, we know we're just collecting this list. And, you know, what we found out is it's very difficult to get answers from politicians. They are very hard to get a hold of. They, you know, are significantly... No straight answers? Like, oh, you know, I support Hawaii's workers. Yeah, right? so... But, but, like, yeah. So are you, are you planning, so you mentioned this list. Uh, are you planning, is your group planning on endorsing specific candidates? Or is this more like informational? Like, hey, when you go to the polls... Here's who you should take a look at. Yeah, it's definitely informational. And fortunately, there are tons of candidates to choose from. Awesome. Um, there are many in the same race that all support this. You got I some think. names? Uh, yeah. So fortunately, um, I mean, the, the biggest name I would say is the governor himself, David Ige, has come out in support. Um, again, Kaniela Ng. When, he, uh, when Ige came out, did he come out for in favor of a $15 minimum wage or air quotes living wage? No. So we've made it very clear. And we don't, again, we're not trying to put words in anybody's mouth. We're very clear with what we're asking for, minimum wage up to a living wage. If they come back and say, you know, we do support 15 and I say, hey, you know, that's great. But what we're asking for is a living wage. We're Are not, you willing you're to... You're not asking for it to be 15 for the next 30 years. You're wanting it to adjust probably for inflation and account for the realities of living on a rock in the middle of the Pacific. Exactly. And and fortunately, like I said, it's not really a controversial issue for most people at this point. Mm -hmm. um, and so there are many that are willing to come out and say, yes, I do support. And so fortunately, uh, David Ige came out in support. Uh, so he's one of the you know big names. Um, we also have plenty of the lieutenant governor's races, uh, Josh Green, Kim Coco Iwamoto, um, and then plenty of other senators, uh, Lorraine Inouye, Roz Baker, uh, Russell Ruderman, Carl Rhodes, uh, you know, the list can go on, uh, you know, please check it out. Um, and so obviously there are a lot of, where would they check it out if they wanted to, if our listeners? Yeah. Livingwagehawaii.com. Okay. Uh, there's That's a supporters Hawaii tab. in H-A-W-A-I-I, not like high four can, whenever we had that on episode two. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Spell it all out. We, we like that. We like that you guys spell out, you know, proper nouns, no acronyms, like very, very good for radio. Yeah. This is good. Livingwagehawaii.com, you said? That's correct. Perfect. Yeah. All right. So there's plenty of people. You've got a list, an established list of people who are... Are you guys going to endorse people eventually? Um, that wasn't in the in the plans. Um, right now, it's really informational. Uh, if people... And I find this to be the case for many issues. People have no idea who to support. And I mean, that's what I've said. I've struggled just being able to get answers out yeah. of people. So how could the average voter mm -hmm. who's working already yeah. two or three jobs to put any effort to oh. figure out who to vote for? Oh, I think I've seen that guy sign waving. That name sounds familiar. Yeah, what the hell? Someone? I'll vote for him. Yeah. 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 Or her. Yeah. yeah. So, we're, so we're trying to increase democracy. And yeah. again, it's not like, a, you know, we can spend time trying to convince somebody like, oh, please, you know, representative, senator, support our cause. You can just say, hey, you know, if you don't, that's okay. We'll just vote for somebody else. Boom. So... I want to talk about uh, also, you wrote a very powerful op-ed in the Star Advertiser on April 4th, uh, marking the 50th anniversary of Martin Luther King Jr.'s death, titled, Hawaii's Low Wages Thwart King's Goals. Um, I'll read the opening paragraph for our listeners, and I'll ask for your thoughts. While most known for his work on desegregation, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. spent the last years of his life fighting for economic justice. He realized that racial freedoms mean nothing if people are unable to afford their basic needs. I'm quoting King directly. Now, our struggle is for genuine equality, which means economic equality. For we know that it isn't enough to integrate lunch counters. What does it profit a man to be able to eat at an integrated lunch counter if he doesn't earn enough money to buy a hamburger and a cup of coffee? 
So that quote is from a speech uh, Dr. King gave in Memphis just before he was killed, uh, addressing striking sanitation workers. Now, what stirred you to write this piece? Oh, well, obviously, uh, the fourth was the 50th anniversary of his death. Um, And so um, I think, unfortunately, what's been lost is the last several years of his life, he was really focused on economic justice issues. Mm -hmm. I mean, this, I think, speaks to it. And so I think it's important, again, to make sure people are informed. So when we have these talks... um, the legacy that he was fighting for, the, the the goals that he really wanted to achieve, we are no closer to doing it. It's been 50 years and, you know, people are still willing to say, hey, you know, thank you for his efforts. We are in a more, much more racially harmonious yeah. time, which is 100% true. Yeah. But his main, if we're trying to, you know, honor him and, you know, fight for what he was fighting for, if we really value his thoughts and value his efforts, this is the battle that we need to, we need to win. And so uh, making the, the connection, I think, is incredibly important, um, you know, to make sure that we're not just uh, giving, um, make sure we're just not uh, saying thank you and, and yeah. moving on. Well, no, and, and unfortunately, you know, we don't, you know, in the context of our American history and the narrative, like, we don't talk about Dr. King really after, you know, the March on Washington and the Civil Rights Act. Um, and for lack of a better word, his legacy has been whitewashed. You know, he, like, it became a very important point. Uh, and that's what really pissed off so many people. You know, at the time he was killed, he his approval rating, I think, among white Americans was more people disapproved of him than approved of him. Um, can you talk a little bit about how we need to recenter on what he was talking, specifically what he was talking about, 65 to 68, economic justice? Yeah, I mean the the you're you're hitting the nail on the head. Um, people, he came out against the war. He came out against economic justice, and people didn't like that. You know, yeah. people were down in parts for racial justice, racial equality. Um, but once he started coming out against the war, once he started speaking up and saying, you know, the, fl- the inherent flaws yeah. in capitalism and the incredible poverty we have, um, it wasn't it wasn't recepted well. Um, and you know, f- for better or worse his legacy has been sort of framed around this racial harmony thing. And I think, yeah, you said it. um, It's really important that we recognize, you know, the poverty rate in 1968 is the same as it is today. We haven't had progress. And the thing is, is really this, I can't, you know, I can't overstate the facts that this is an issue of facing all political views, right? Republicans, Democrats, Green Party, Libertarian, we all think that it's reasonable for people to be able to afford their basic needs, right? Um, And so if we don't allow ourselves to take the time and really evaluate this and say, what are the issues? What things do we need to make sure we're doing um, to make a more economically just society? um, We're really wasting our time. So I uh, grew up in Montgomery, Alabama, which is where... Dr. King started his ministry at Dexter Avenue Baptist Church. And uh, before my wife and I moved back to Hawaii in November, uh, I lived in Atlanta, which is, you know, obviously where he's from and where he ended his ministry. Uh, Well, where his ministry was ended, I guess he didn't, you know, select to do it. Um, And your point is really well made about, um, about, economic justice being sort of the second shoe to drop in terms of full equality because what has happened in those cities is that segregation has persisted along socioeconomic lines it's no longer illegal to you know say black people can't eat here but it is legal to make the prices you know 25 dollars for an entree which is you know 
a minimum wage worker is working, you know, six hours to be able to afford that. And if you go to Montgomery, Alabama, you will realize, and I had this talk with somebody recently that, uh, and it's the same in Atlanta too, but to a lesser extent, black and white people don't eat at the same restaurants. They don't shop at the same grocery stores. They don't go to the same bars. They don't, uh, they don't live the same lives and they don't live the same lives because of socioeconomics. It's not that people selected uh, certain enclaves of places to live because they have better restaurants or better amenities or things that they like. It's truly, you know, you could go, if I, if I went to 10 restaurants in a week and, you know, I was living this like yuppie white middle-class upper middle-class existence, like I wouldn't see any black people except for waiting tables and I remember coming back from Honolulu where we have a very diverse society and where we have uh, everybody lives essentially the same experience. I mean, we, you know, I'm eating at the same restaurants and shopping at the same grocery stores as uh, we talked about last week, Connie Lau, who is the highest paid executive in Hawaii, or at least I assume that I am. But um, when you go down south still, because of the lack of economic justice, um, people are in the same city, potentially living in the same neighborhood, although even neighborhoods are segregated, and they live a completely different existence. And it is the most bizarre thing. It, it's like you're, it's like, you ever watch Stranger Things? You see the upside down, and it's like, it, everything looks the same, but it's just like, it's a little bit different in like a very sad way. And like, that's what it feels like when you see the division in socioeconomic class along race, which is primarily along economic justice lines. So I would say your point's really well made and having like lived in places that have, have got those problems, it's like they're way bigger issues than what people realize. Yeah, and I think you make an excellent point too. And uh, I think another thing that people fail to realize is there are significantly more poor whites in America than any other race, right? Oh, yeah. This isn't this isn't a specifically wait. There are no. white. <laughs> well, I mean, honestly, there's wh- more poor white people. <laughs> honestly, it, the people are shocked. And Let's so. fix this problem, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> no, LivingWageHawaii.com. And, well, and you know, because because of American, you know, without going, you know, 400 year American history lesson, like and the inextricable link between like race and class and economics and you know the political the the current political uh scapegoating that both republicans and democrats have jumped into where you know all our coded language where we say like welfare queens is coded food stamps are coded etc 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 and nate's absolutely right like by far you know the like counties in kentucky that are 99 percent white have the highest you know use of food stamps in the country has anybody told mitch mcconnell that i don't think he would care oh sorry i thought he cared about people anyway please continue oh no i mean and 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 the issue is just pretty straightforward right uh most people say uh you know if you work 40 hours a week should you live in poverty most people say no so it's pretty straightforward um and we just need to make sure everybody knows this is affecting them this is affecting uh you know your education right uh, teachers here in Hawaii, lowest paid in the nation. Um, and, you know, educational outcomes, people say we need to invest in education. And as you see, like socioeconomic status has a incredibly high correlation to educational outcomes. Right. And so and so making sure that our working families are able to uh, make ends meet will make sure that our their, their kids, our students are able to have a better life, too. Right. Um, if we aren't 
making sure if we, if families aren't making ends meet, their kids are don't have parents at home because they're working several jobs. They're struggling through homework on their end, and so uh, it has benefits across wide wide areas. No, you're exactly right about education. Uh, you used to be a teacher, math teacher. Yeah, Castle High School. Go Knights! Shout out Eastside, K Town. Um, <laughs> no, just a little bit about you, Nate Hicks, the person. So. What prompted you to, I guess, shift into from teaching into the real estate industry? But more importantly, when did politics and activism first become part of your life? Uh, that's a that's a big question. That honestly, a big question. That's, we um, we only ask the biggest questions here on the Blue Hawaii Podcast. Great, great, large question. The biggest questions. Back in a minute with more from Nate Hicks on the Blue Hawaii Podcast. Blue Hawaii. Blue Hawaii. Beer for the Hawaii sun. I want to brew it on my own. Cause I just don't trust you with my brew. Don't drink tequila. Only beer from my casita. It's my drink for all seasons. Thanks to home brew. So if you say this beer ain't good enough, I could brew my own to get me drunk. I could make my wine to better suit your mood. Cause I went to homebrew. If you're feeling thirsty in Honolulu, just wait a while, go get some gear down at homebrew. They also help with cider and your kimchi too, yeah. 740 Moova, a streak of Lihika, yeah. We asked you basically to tell us your life story. Uh, so go for it. Yeah, thanks. Uh, so, I mean, for my... For myself, you know, education was great. I think it's really important. Um, unfortunately, like we said, teaching in Hawaii uh, is not financially uh, really that great. Um, you know, I was able to get into the mortgage industry, give it a shot. Um, and so far, it's been working out. Um, but like we've, we're well aware, there's plenty of things that need to be done to, to make our society better. And so um, I know personally, um, it just really is something that I'm passionate about. Um, I know it's not the case for everybody, and so I'm, I feel fortunate and lucky. And so, since I have this, you know, desire um, to learn, to find out what's wrong, and hopefully make it better, um, I think it's really important that I do it. And so, um, where it came from, I'm not sure. I mean, I don't. Both my, uh, you know, parents were advocates, you know, against the Vietnam War and things, and so, know. you know, I'd probably come by it honestly. But, um, you know, it, it's. I think to me, it's like really clear. I you know, talked about it in my free time. I think it, you know, is an important thing for people to bring up, not just minimum wage issues, but, um, you know, general, general issues around. So, you know, democracy and other things. So, um, yeah, that's pretty much it. Last question, Nate, would you mind sticking around for our shout out segment? I'd love to. Thank you. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, we've already sung his praises probably quite enough. Uh, what, one more time, Nate Hicks, Living Wage Hawaii. 
Renaissance man. Key if to the future. Wanna, if people want to find out more, where do they go? LivingWageHawaii.com. We'd love for you to sign our petition to show your support. Facebook page, anything like that? Living Wage Hawaii or uh, Instagram, Twitter at Living Wage HI. Mm. They don't have the length for the whole spell out on uh, the social media. We ran into similar problems on our social media yeah. platforms as well. Do what you do, it All works. Right. Nate Hicks, Blue Hawaii. Blue Hawaii. Blue Hawaii. If you're feeling thirsty in Honolulu, just wait a while, go get some gear down at Homebrew. They also help with cider and your kimchi too, yeah. 740 Moova, a streak of Lihika, yeah. Shout outs. Shout out time. Shout outs this week are going to be a little different. Uh, we have a cursory shout out, an obligatory shout out to Josh's alma mater, my spiritual alma mater, Ilani. Uh, for the Iolani Fair, which at... The Iolani Family Fair. The Iolani Family Fair. You can only go if you're a family. Uh, By the time you listen to this, it will be overdone, pow, forget about it's it. It's over tonight, right? Yeah, tonight's the last night. It's weird here, by the way, how like people have like these like carnivals and the fair, and yeah. like the schools are like, oh, it's the biggest deal in the world, and it's only like two Friday, nights. Saturday. Like, what? Like, leave it up for a few days. Like, run your family fair for like, give it like Monday through Sunday. They're busy shaping the minds of children, dude. Basically, give me all too much homework. Probably. Yeah. But anyway, Yolani Family Fair, good grinds, good eats. Not as good as Punahos, but you know, whatever. We're getting hey, better. Better food, but mm, everything else, like, there's no rides. There's no this. There's no There's that. no rides? Not really. I mean, they're. I resend kind of. that shout out. I take it back. Don't go to that. No, only because the E.K. Fernandez family is a Punho family. And, like. Who's E.K. Fernandez? Family? The. Oh, how you don't know E.K. Fernandez? I was just kidding. That was a joke. I totally know him. Uh, for for listeners who don't know, and definitely not Ryan, because Ryan absolutely knows. I who totally know. I is. totally know. Uh, that is the uh, family that owns the carnival. Well, basically, they have a monopoly on all like Hawaii's carnival ride equipment. So, like, anytime there's a fair carnival, and you get out like the you know like the Ring of Fire, Pharaoh's Fury, uh, all the other rides, all the other, other rides, carnival, have, carnival yeah. attractions, yeah. It's always them. You're from you're from Minnesota. You're from the Midwest, so you you know about a good like fair culture, right? Oh, state fairs huge. Yeah. Oh huge. yeah. They uh. Oh wait, what's the big one where people eat weird foods? That's Iowa, right? I mean, Minnesota, both. Min- oh, both. Min- Minnesota. The, okay, Nate. What's the weirdest thing you've ever eaten at a state fair? Or if not weird, like disgusting, like stick of butter, like Michelle Bachman did, or something like that. Yeah. So there's deep fried Snicker bars. I'd say that's the that that's was the most intense. How was it? Oh, delicious. Yeah. 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 That sounds good. You yeah. deep fry anything, it's probably going to be pretty good. It's not going to suck. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to run with that shout out straight into a shout out for s'mores because uh, we're talking about deep fried Snickers bars and I just like s'mores. I like them a lot. S'mores are great. When I got to college, I realized that no one can tell me what to eat anymore. And so I got into a phase where I was eating like three or four s'mores a day that I was making on our electric stove and to skewer them, I was using clothes hangers. And I actually used up all the clothes hangers in me and my roommate's closet making s'mores. <laughs> and I gained 15 pounds. But shout out s'mores. You know who you are. Awesome. And uh, they're delicious. So uh, Ryan and I were talking this morning in the, in the process of figuring out uh, what song we wanted to use for our Homebrew in Paradise commercial. If you haven't heard it already. If you haven't heard it already, which you will have by this point. You uh, should go back and listen to it if you skip through our commercials. It hopefully resonated deep in your heart um the 
Grammy Award winning single. The nineteen ninety nine Grammy Award winning Song of the Year by Smooth Carlos Santana featuring Rob Thomas of Matchbox Twenty. Matchbox Twenty. Matchbox Twenty. Yeah. Sean Connery. Yeah. Not any other Rob Thomas. Um, possibly met, the greatest song in the history of Western music. I can't imagine one since, that's better. Yeah, going, you know, uh, and then, then we had a thought, uh, formative childhood experience. Uh, we wanted to give a special shout out slash album review to the uh, s- special edition 2000, year 2000 Grammy nominees pop album. And we'll just read the track listings for you and you can tell us... Uh, if you agree, which it, you do. It's basically just the compilation of all the songs that were nominated for Grammys that year. Yeah. Um, so anyway, number one, I Want It That Way by the Backstreet Boys. Number two, Livin' La Vida Loca, Ricky Martin. Three, Smooth, Santana. Amazon, however, does not say uh, featuring Rob Thomas of Matchbox 20, so we'll ding him a little bit it here. It may not be the one featuring Matchbox, Matchbox 20. It may be like the original song, Ignition. No, it, it definitely... That actually put my mind at ease <laughs> that you know that it's the real one. I I had this album, Confession Time. Ten year old Josh listened to this album a lot. Okay. Uh, no Scrubs by TLC, Genie in a Bottle, Christina Aguilera, Do Something by Macy Gray, Bawit to Ba by Kid Rock. Probably the worst, best song of all time. You remember he was a wrestler for a bit? Kid Rock. Yeah, do you guys remember that? Kid I Rock know. was a wrestler. He did some wrestling. I remember being like, oh yeah, this this like this redneck white trash dude, and then it turned out he's from Michigan. Detroit. This is before yeah. I understood that, like... People in Michigan are racist, too? Yeah. Yeah, they are. Uh, Baby One More Time by Britney Spears. Uh, it Hurts So Bad by Susan Tedeschi, which I'm not actually familiar with. Uh, I Need to Know by Mark Anthony. Tell Me Baby Girl, because I Need to Know. Mambo Number 5 by Lou Bega. That's a good one. Uh, and Brand New Day by Sting. Now, Nate. Gun to Your Head. What's your top three off that list? Yeah. Whoa. Oh, the gun case, is against your you head, re- Nate. Gun to your head. Three songs. You're on a desert island. You can only listen to you can only listen to three songs. Wait, why is he a, on a desert island and a gun is to his head? I want to make this as dramatic as possible. Who's is it? His gun? He's gonna kill himself if he can't. Based on, well, no, based on last week's episode, uh, I don't think the Second Amendment requires us to tell anybody like whose gun it is. That's his right as an American. But there is an, a gun. Yeah. against your head. Yeah, and you are on a desert island. Yeah, and only get to pick three songs off that list. What are they? Uh, it's hard to argue against Backstreet Boys. I want it that way. It's a classic. It mm. comes on. You got to enjoy it. My fire, my desire, etc., etc., etc. Boom, boom, boom. Don't wanna hear you. Uh, TLC, no scrubs. It's classic. Okay, that can that can play any day in the club. At the at at a wedding, whatever. People like it. Yeah. Um, Santana, smooth. I mean. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Let's, well, let's actually, uh, the answer we were looking for was smooth, smooth, and rhyme, and then smooth. Yeah. Oh, I forgot about smooth and smooth. How did I forget? <laughs> so, I think you know what I love about this album is it starts off very emotionally, little Backstreet Boys. I want it that way. It really puts you into uh, a state of loving, and then. As if loving were not enough, yeah. you go right into Living La Vida Loca by Ricky Martin. It it's takes you from love, loving to living. Love can be kind of loco sometimes, or loca. And we're moving from that right into Smooth. Yeah. Best song. Give me your heart, make it real. Literally of all time. Forget about it. We're going no scrubs after that. We're saying, look, you're already loving, you're living. Smooth. Things are smooth. Yeah. Smoothly. But, you're but, living smoothly. But no scrubs. But be wary. Yeah. 
and then genie in a bottle. Rub, uh, it, rub it the right way. I I kind of feel like that's not about a bottle and a it's genie. Not. No, I didn't realize wait, that when I was ten, though. Wait, wait, she doesn't grant wishes. Uh, well, that's not what we're saying. Oh, then we're gonna go into do something with Macy Gray, which is, I assume the song by her that no one knows. It's because it's, it's not. not it's, it's not uh, it's walk not, away, right? What is it? What is it that? It's not walk away, is it? Yeah, I was confused by the title as well. I was like, is that the real? The well, one I we try know? to hide it. I don't think it's, it's that. Listeners, check me on that. Then we go into uh, Ball with the Bob there. by Kid Rock, which is uh, the white trash anthem of forever. Yeah. Uh, Baby One More Time by Britney Spears. So a bunch of old men lusted after a young child. Classic. Uh, Hurt So Bad by Susan Tedeschi. No one knows who that is. I Need to Know by Mark Anthony. Uh, big thing about him, he was at one point married to Jennifer Lopez. Yeah. And... The first time I remember listening to that song, I was in a parking lot outside of a restaurant called Gators in Montgomery, Alabama. Nice. Uh, it was famous for having a rat fall from the ceiling one time. <sighs> but yeah, no, I, I think uh, uh, Need to Know is a good, it's a good like counterpoint to Smooth. We've got, you know, Santana, Mexican Latin flavor. We've got Mark Anthony, Puerto Rican, Boricua Latin flavor. It's... Is, is he Puerto Rican? Yeah, I think so. Now, are you saying that this is an album? This, this is, is an yeah, album is an that album you can buy. That was specifically put out uh, for the Grammys. Oh, my I missed that part. I can buy it for you Yeah, right now. Hey, I'm kind of disappointed I wasn't given it as a gift when I entered. Listeners, That's going forward, shame. every guest on the Blue Hawaii <laughs> podcast will receive a copy of, as long as it remains in stock with Amazon. Of 2,000 Grammy nominees pop. <laughs> yeah. Also, according to Wikipedia, Marco Antonio Muniz, known professionally by his stage name Mark Anthony, was born in New York City to parents from Guayama, Puerto Rico. Oh, okay. Which is probably still without power. Thank you, President Trump. Way to go. Way to go, Donnie. Any other final thoughts about that album? Oh, it was great. And everybody should listen to it. Except for, I don't know who Susan Tedeschi I still don't know who Susan Tedeschi is. Sounds like a, like a social studies teacher yeah. to me. Mrs. Tedeschi. Do you know her? Uh, she has a high rating on uh, Rate My Professor. Okay. Uh, Nate, oh, what is your... Uh, either if you've got a friend coming to town or you got to take mm-hmm. your special lady out on a date, what's your go-to restaurant in Honolulu? Ooh, that is a great question. Thank you. We try to ask great questions. Yeah. Um, go-to restaurant depends. That really depends on the, the, the day, okay. weeknight, whatever. Gun to your head, desert island. <laughs> you, can, you get one meal on this desert island. One meal and three songs. But there's a gun to your head. Is the gun going to be wa- there while I'm eating? Because that, I think, changes it up. No, only, no. Well, only only during the choice. Yeah, only while you are yelping which place to go to. Yeah, that seems fair. Where what are you eating? Uh, well, Hawaii has amazing poke. So if people are coming and I'm entertaining, there's no doubt you either have to go to Foodland Poke. Shout out Foodland. Mm-hmm. Shout out Foodland. Or uh, Ono's Hawaiian Foodland or Poke on Kapahulu. Yeah, Kapahulu also good. Also good. And then you can enjoy it outside at the park. Uh, and enjoy uh, Honolulu's weather Solid. priceless. While you're maybe walking to raise awareness and maybe advocate for a living wage? Yeah, you might see people uh, with sign waving uh, to make the world a better place. Wearing these lovely uh, what forest green? Yeah, you know, we didn't even talk about this, but We're, Nate brought us living wage Hawaii yeah. shirts, which look really good. Yeah. UH colors? Yeah, uh, they're not crappy shirts. Our future guests, like Nate has kind of thrown down the gauntlet here. You like, guys need to bring us stuff. Yeah, merch. We need we need swag. I think we're gonna have our before we've been saying it since episode three. We are going to have a website soon. 
And in that website, there will be merch. And we will provide you the ability to buy some of these shirts from Nate. You know, I have to give another shout out. Squeeze Play Hawaii. Squeeze Play Hawaii. Yeah, they're the ones who uh, made the shirts. So no Shout out to them. Squeeze yeah. Play Are they social media? We'll yeah, tag squeeze, them. squeeze Play HI. Okay. Um, amazing job. Quick Perfect. turnaround. Great price. Uh, I'm, I'm gonna, we're already sold out a, um, half our shirt, so we got to go back for more. And, Hell uh, yeah. They'll, they'll be getting more business for sure. Right. What's the shirt cost from you guys? Uh, from us, yeah. uh, twenty bucks a shirt. Okay. Um, reasonable price. They look That's great, reasonable. as 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 we've said, and it it helps for a good cause. That would only take you eighty minutes of work to afford that shirt if we had a living wage in Hawaii. That is fast math. I'm impressed. Josh, any more shout outs? Where would you? Oh wait, no, actually, no. I have another question. Yeah. So you already told us your random visitor where you're taking them. Date night. You're going out. Honey, for our listeners, if you want to take Honey Girl or Honey Boy or Honey Non-Conforming, whatever, they are. Hey, you know. Where are you taking them? Yeah. Lucky Belly in Chinatown is a fantastic Ooh, yeah. option. Yeah. All right. Solid. Very good. Very good. Solid. Sir. It gives a good mix. It's like you're not going to get this sort of uh, hybrid uh, place in another state, I don't think. We have a good, you know, eclectic mix of foods. And so uh, it's a good setting. You can go out after, you know, you're in the mix, you're in the hub. Mm-hmm. I like it. Hell yeah. My restaurant shout out this week is Livestock Tavern. Livestock Tavern is great for, it's great for date night. It's great for gatherings. It is a little on the pricier side. I'd say if I was being honest on Yelp, it's probably, probably $3 signs. Um, Drinks are great. The food is great. And the other cool thing about Livestock is it sort of touched off the uh, downtown restaurant boom, like mm. downtown Chinatown restaurant boom. Like it was really like the first like artisan restaurant, I feel like in Chinatown. Before that, it was like, when I first but moved here, Chinatown That's a really nice like, way of uh, avoiding the word gentrification. Nah, I don't think it was like, it doesn't feel like gentrification. I mean, I don't feel like we've gone far enough for it to be fully gentrified in Chinatown. Yeah. But it was like, when I first moved here, Chinatown was like no man's land unless you were looking for like cheap produce. And now or it's like- yeah, Or crystal meth. <laughs> Uh, now you can go down there and find incredible food options yeah. and no small part due to exquisite cuisine served at Livestock Tavern. So I, okay, I've, I've got mine. I was trying really hard not to double back to OEC Cafe because I had uh, lunch there this week. They are just giving in. Yeah. No, but so like shout out to them because everything, they're great. But my, sh- my restaurant shout out of the week, we haven't done this yet, I don't think. Uncle Bo's? We haven't done Uncle Bo's oh, yet, have we? Oh, no, we have Uncle Bo's, Kapahula location. The best smelling restaurant in the history of the world. They have a weird ass decor. I don't understand it. They've got like chain link metal on one side and like a bunch of like fuchsia colored cabinets and like weird vases on the other side. Did um, you say vases? Do you say vases? What do you say, Nate? I think I said vase. Vase? Vases? Wait, why, why do you say vase? Vase? You say potato? To dis- no, to distinguish from vases. What is vases? the plural of vase i guess wait well what is the what is vase if not what you said for vase i don't for whatever reason i guess my brain was thinking like vases sounds weird like people might think i was saying faces like 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 as in face mm. like uh josh just slapped himself just, when I he said myself. faces i'm not going to let us know what a face was and then i think about uh you know game of thrones like the many face god like that big wall of faces i thought people were thinking like that's what the decor at uncle bo's is like and that oh, would probably be faces yeah that'd oh. Be- oh that sounds great that actually really that sounds kind of horrifying that'd be, yeah i'd be into it <laughs> no i feel like uncle bo's is like it is like decorated as if 
yeah. like season four of Sex in the City set designer went in and did it in like 2001. And they're like, this is what's going to be hot in New York this year. But with like a splash of like Mad Max Fury Road. Yeah. And another splash of like typical local like side street in kind. Yeah. And it's also great. They have the parking across the street. That's yeah. true. So you don't have to struggle with that. But you need to make sure you pay because they will tow. They will tow. The minute are, after well, your Kapahulu ticket expires. Avenue. Kapahulu, Trapahulu, we do not fuck around. We are ruthless. You better pay for your parking. Yeah, watch yourself. Anyway. Except, uh, <laughs> quick shout out, Safeway, Kapahulu, where you can park on top of the building indefinitely. We do not We do not endorse that. Except I don't do it. I don't do it personally. Um, but anyway, Uncle Bo's. I do. All kind, good poo-poos. Uh, they have taro beignets for dessert, which is probably like the best amazing. thing ever. Um, yeah, go there and like bring a lot of friends. Uh, it is a little on the pricey side, but if you split it, it'll it'll be economical, and you'll all be so full you can't move when it's time to leave. Highly recommend. Final thoughts. Final thoughts this week. Um, Nate, Nate, we'll start with you. Oh, I'm I'm just excited to be here. You guys are putting on a good show, and uh, thanks, man. Yeah, I appreciate the invite. So we asked we asked him to say that. Yeah, he's he's being paid to say he's, that. Josh, um, I'm sorry, we we I didn't mean to cut you off. Please tell us more how great we are. Oh well, I was just I just saw the the whole production. I mean, it mm. was just from A to Z was just finely tuned. Go on. You know, uh, this doesn't happen overnight. This I, is, mean, I mean, this is episode number fourteen yeah, after was, all. <laughs> you know, I was walking out of my door to come here, and all of a sudden the Uber was arrived. I didn't yep. even know. I thought I was gonna have to drive we Uber over black for everyone. Yeah, yep. this was amazing. Yeah. Champagne in the limo, mm-hmm. everything. Wow, mm-hmm. it was. It well, was it's not some cheap ass podcast that we just record yeah. in a basement. It is a podcast that's our thing it's like mark maron records in his garage we record in my in my basement and uh i mean should we start a beef with mark maron no okay i think we're not gonna win yeah and i don't think it's gonna help us who should we start a beef with nate if we had to you know like we're trying to you're still at that stage where like all publicity is good publicity it's a good that's a good question yeah um, already, i feel like we've already got at least one person who i can think of that well, we've started beef with <laughs> Yeah, we don't want to get we don't get Nate in trouble. We'll nope. we'll leave we'll leave him out of this one. Yeah, yeah. Plausible deniability. We'll is leave very them important. out of this one. Certainly yeah. not just a guy. Yeah. Ryan, final thoughts this week. Final thoughts this week. Uh, I think everybody should go to livingwagehawaii.com dot com and learn more about the issue of living wages in Hawaii. I think Nate is an incredibly uh, sharp guy and he understands the issues. And I'm haven't gone there to the website myself yet because we just met Nate or I just met Nate whenever we started recording, but uh, he's a great guy and he cares about this issue and he cares about this land and he cares about these people and everyone owes it to themselves to educate themselves on who is actually representing them and their best interests. And we all have a part to play in building an equitable future and uh, Nate's actually taking concrete steps to help it come to fruition a little easier. So livingwagehawaii.com. And bosses, if you're listening, pay your workers more. Just pay them. Blue Hawaii. Blue Hawaii. Blue Hawaii.